This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. In actuality, they live and rush on, or they live and remain oblivious. God wants us to note how he works and how faithful he is so that we live and learn to trust him more. You know, many of you celebrate birthdays, and Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. How do you gain a heart of wisdom? By noticing what God does and by having a reverential attitude towards God. It says in Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So to, be, to have fear, the fear of the Lord, is not to be afraid of him, it's to be in awe of him. It's to have a reverence and a respect, a sober-minded, serious and sincere surrender to the Lord, which we, we will see in verse 31, the Israelites feared the Lord and put their trust in him. Here's a uh, great, useful definition of wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view and acting in harmony with him. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view and acting in harmony with him. So the question again I ask is, how do we grow in wisdom? Can I give you an answer that you won't like? But it's the truth. It's what the Bible says. The way we grow in wisdom is through trials and troubles. In 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9, Paul uses five descriptions of the fiery trial he went through. He says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despised the life itself. Indeed, we felt we had the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. I don't know if you can relate to that. Maybe you're experiencing troubles. Maybe you're feeling stress under great pressure. Maybe it's beyond your ability to endure, and you say, God, uh, you said you'd never tempt me beyond what I'm able, but you sure have a high view of my uh, level of capacity here. Maybe you're despising of life itself. Maybe you felt even the sentence of death. But you know why we have trials and troubles? So that we may rely fully on God. A young woman collected frogs. And when she was asked, why do you collect these porcelain um, images of frogs? She says, because it reminds me of F-R-O-G. 
Well, what does F-R-O-G mean? Fully rely on God. Fully rely on God. Why do we go through trials and troubles? So that we may fully rely on God. The purpose of fiery trials is to fully rely on God and for the building of Christ-like character in our lives. Think of ABC. ABC stands for Adversity Builds Character. And it says that in Romans 5, 3, and 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. So ABC stands for Adversity Builds Character. Also, Adversity Builds Christlikeness. ABC, Adversity Builds Christlikeness. So, unfortunately, the only way you and I can gain wisdom is on the installment plan. None of us have the download when we're young. We've had to pay by learning from the school of hard knocks. We've had to learn from the crucible of experience. We've had to learn from our mistakes and failures and from the mistakes and failures that other people have made. We have had to learn in our walk with God that he is faithful and trustworthy. But it's taken time, hasn't it? We've been through a lot to become as wise as we are today. So when you've been brought through a fiery trial by God, how can you strengthen your faith in preparation for the next fiery trial you will encounter? That's the outline of our text today. Exodus 14, 30 and 31. How can you trust God more? Three ways. One, don't forget God's care. Two, remember God's power. And three, follow God's leadership. If you'll do these three things, you will grow in trusting God more. Your hope will gain wisdom. Can I ask you a personal question? What is the reading on your faith meter? So if you had a meter, like the uh, electrical meter outside of your house that's spinning around, uh, what percentage would your faith meter show? Would it show 0% faith? You're just fearing life and everything bad is going to happen to you and you wonder where God is and you don't even think God exists. You're on zero. Are you at 50%? I could have faith or I could not have faith depending on what happens to me today. Or are you 100% faith? You have frog. You're fully relying on God. What's your faith meter say today? Well, let's go through these real quick. Number one, don't forget God's care. Exodus 14.30, That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. Imagine, God had parted the Red Sea. He brought such a strong wind, it dried down the seabed so that the two million Israelites were able to cross to the other side. The Egyptians were kept at bay by this pillar of cloud. The Lord himself, in his Shekinah glory, was the shield between the Israelites and the Egyptians. Once the Israelites made it safely across, 
Then the cloud was removed so that the, um, the Egyptians pursued them. But God, from the top of the cloud, Jesus himself, a theophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, caused the wheels of the chariots to fall off and to start getting stuck in mire that was occurring. And the Egyptians said, we better get out of here. Their God is fighting for them. Even they knew this was a supernatural battle. And God said, the battle is mine. I will fight for you. And even as they went away, God had Moses hold the staff back over the waters, and the waters closed over the Egyptians, and they drowned. All of them drowned. The waters caused the bodies to float onto shore. So the Egyptians saw the dead bodies floating in the water and some floating onto shore. Some postulate that this is how the Israelites were able to get some of their weapons later to be able to fight in the land of Canaan. When these bodies floated the shore, they were able to get swords and shields and things like that. The point here is very important. Don't forget God's care. You would think of all people who would remember God's care, it would be the Israelites. Why? Because when they were in uh, Egypt under tyrannical slavery, they kept crying out for deliverance. And what did God do? He He did not one, not two, but ten miracles, the ten plagues which loosened the hand of Pharaoh for him to finally let them go, were miracles that God did. So when God uh, had them come against the Red Sea, you would think that they would trust God for a miracle because they had a track record of seeing God's faithfulness in the past, right? But that's not the way they were. So one of the ways that we can gain Wisdom is by seeing the bad example of other people and not doing that. So we're going to see seven things that the Israelites did to avoid. Now I'm combining some previous teaching here that's very helpful. Number one, don't be fearful. Fear causes you to act irrationally, to think subjectively, and to speak foolishly. Acts, uh, Exodus 14.10 As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. Not in faith, but in fear, they cried out to the Lord. Don't be fearful. Now, the point here is that uh, God wants us to believe in him. It's okay to be afraid, but it's, it's not okay to let our fear overtake our faith. For faith is stronger than our fear, and God is stronger than any situation we face. So when we're we're fearful, what are we? We feel out of control, or we feel threatened. Guess who's in control? God is. Guess who is our protector? God is. Every time you feel fear, give the full weight of that fear to God and exchange it for Trust in him, claiming his promises and his truth. Second, don't focus on your problem or upon the enemy. Instead, focus on the Lord. Exodus 14.10, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up, 
And what did they focus on? Pharaoh approaching and the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Remember the eye test I gave you? When you have a problem, are you going to focus on your problem and glance at the Lord? Or are you going to focus on the Lord and glance at your problem? God wants you to focus on the Lord, not on your problem. So we can focus on the problem or we can choose to trust God. The Israelites were terrified when they saw the enemy coming. They they doubted their leader. They questioned God and they complained. They grumbled and they panicked. Can we learn from a negative example? The answer is yes, we can. So God was not mad at their humanity or their fears. He just asked for them to be obedient and he asked for their trust. Third, don't blame and criticize your leaders when you're fearful. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Exodus 14, 11. These people cried out daily for deliverance, yet when deliverance came, they didn't like at all what it looked like. And they were finger-pointing, second-guessing, But God had brought them to this exact spot in the exact moment so that he could perform a miracle that would define himself and his people forever. So the source of anger, what is the source of anger? When you're angry or when you say to someone, you make me so angry, did that person really make you angry? The answer is no. The source of anger is fear. And when we don't process our fear well, we take it out as anger toward those around us and those we think are responsible for our feelings of fear. Admit your feelings of fear. Express your concerns respectfully to those around you or in a leadership role. But remember, God's in control and God is protecting you. Next, Don't assume bad things about God's plans for you. Believe that God is good all the time. They said to Moses, and when you complain about a spiritual leader, in this case Moses, Moses represents what God was doing for the people. So who are they really complaining against? They're complaining against God. I'm not saying a leader is equal to God. I'm simply saying that when you're following the Lord and a leader is representing God and is being obedient to God, then be careful because you may be questioning what God's doing. And that's what they were doing. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Do not give up on what God has promised you, even though it seems slow in coming. Shirley and I loved a group called the Imperials. And they used to sing a song entitled, He Didn't Lift Us Up to Let Us Down. He didn't lift us up this far. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. Never use the word defeat. Claim his promises, every one of them, and every spoken word he'll keep because we're everything to him. Don't you get it? God is doing a work in your life. 
You are his masterpiece under construction. And God delivered you by providing salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You've been adopted as a child of God. God didn't bring you this far to let you down. What God began, God will finish. We know that God completes that which he begins. And we know, Romans 8.31 says, Since God is for you, no one and nothing can stand against you. So when life is bad, don't think God is bad. Don't confuse life with God. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And if things are bad in life, that's not God. But God's using the bad things for good. God can turn things around as you continue to trust him. Don't long for the good old days. They were full of trials and suffering you have forgotten about. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Maybe, just maybe, they thought the past wasn't so bad after all. Maybe slavery was better than uncertainty and defeat and whatever punishment was waiting for them back in Egypt. But the problem is when you nostalgically revisit the past and the old normal, you will think it is what you prefer, feel most comfortable with, and should never have left. But your magical thinking forgets the problems and painful parts that were part of your past and selectively reminisces about the best parts of the past. You can't go back home. That's what this is saying. And part of them coming through the Red Sea and the Red Sea closing in behind them is to say to them, there's no turning back. You've passed the Rubicon, no retreat. So we are to know that looking through rose-colored glasses and misremembering and idealizing our enslavement or our past is not the answer. Look to God. Number six, don't try to fight in your own strength. Be still and let the Lord fight the battle for you. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that he will bring for you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. It's not up to us to fight. It's up to us to follow. It's not up to us to fight. It's up to us to follow. We have to trust that God not only knows our situation, but knows the outcome. And the ability to be still when everything in you is screaming to do anything but be still is the essence of faith. It's when we see the greatest miracles. And then finally, don't pray about your goals and work toward your desires. Get to work toward your goals and pray about your desires. Then the, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Sometimes we spiritualize what we should be doing rather than doing it. And there's a time to pray and there's a time to work. We need to pray, work, work while we pray and pray while we work, but not mistake the two. Well, this is important that we focus, uh, that we remember, don't forget God's care. So when they saw the dead bodies, 
lying on the shore. It was a vivid picture of God's deliverance. God not only set them free from Egypt, but he took care of their enemies so that they would see them no more. God saved Israel and continued to save Israel and preserve Israel. That's one of the most incredible witnesses of all history, the preservation of the Jewish people through the ages. The second way you can grow your wisdom is remember God's power. Verse 31a, And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, they saw the mighty hand of the Lord as he displayed it against the Egyptians, causing the wheels to fall off of their chariots. And some archaeologists have actually found chariot wheels at the bottom of the Red Sea. Some people think, oh, this was the Reed Sea, and they went through reeds. It wasn't walls of of waves. The word for wall in walls of waves in the Scripture is the same word used to describe the walls of a fortress of a city, which is tall, which is high. These were high waves that drowned all the Egyptian army. The people saw the mighty hand of God. Faith, F-A-I-T-H, can mean several things. Feeling afraid, I trust him. F-A-I-T-H. Feeling afraid, I trust him. It could stand for forsaking all, I take him. But the one I thought I came up with and then found out... Corey Tamboom came up with it before me, was this one. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Fantastic adventure in trusting him. I like that. Faith is a fantastic adventure in trusting him. Trusting in the Lord. And when you see the Lord come through, when you see his mighty hand display power, you're to Record that. You're to note that. You're supposed to treasure that so that the next time you come across a problem or a dilemma, you say, my God is powerful. My God is able. Nothing is impossible for him. And finally, if we're to grow in wisdom, we need to follow God's leadership. The Israelites saw two things. They saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore, which is God's deliverance. And they saw how the mighty hand of the Lord was displayed against the Egyptian, which is God's mighty power. So having seen God's deliverance and God's mighty power, what was the result? This verse says, The people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses his servant. They respected and revered the Lord, That's what it means to fear the Lord. And they surrendered and submitted to the Lord, and they submitted to Moses as their divine leader. God wants us to follow his leadership. And there's a double entendre here as you follow this. Follow his leadership and follow those he puts in leadership. You get the double meaning here? So God is saying, 
trust me, follow me, and I'll continue to deliver you and show my power to you. So here's the summary of what we talked about. How can we trust God more? Don't forget God's care. Remember God's power. Follow God's leadership. Now, we're coming to the Lord's table, and as as I thought about this, I applied these verses to the Lord's table. What was the purpose of salvation, of Christ dying on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and to give you the gift of eternal life? The purpose of salvation is to set you free. You were slaves to sin and death and Satan, but through faith in Christ, you've been set free. Free to become who God made you to be. Free to be conformed to the image of Christ. Free to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, and the others. The purpose of salvation is that you're free to love and free to serve others. You're free to glorify God. Don't ever forget, the purpose of salvation is freedom. But also, remember, the power of salvation is the cross. Christ died on that cross, and when he died on that cross, he defeated the enemy. He defeated Satan and the demonic host. And it says in Colossians that he marched them through an arch of triumph to show that they are defeated. And one day, Satan and his demonic foes are going to be thrown into the fiery pit. Revelation 20, verse 10. God has victory over Satan and the demons through the cross. Christ has set us free, and he's defeated the enemy. But now proof of our salvation is that we follow our leader, follow our Lord, that we trust in him, and that we obey him. That's where we are now. Don't forget your freedom. Don't forget the cross. And don't forget to continue to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So now I'm going to ask you to pray in response to this message. Now, if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, I'm encouraging you to pray this first prayer. Simply say to the Lord, I turn from my sins of unbelief and disobedience, and I fully trust in you, Jesus Christ, as my Savior and Lord. If you've never trusted in Christ, have your sins forgiven. Receive the gift of eternal life. Know what it is for why God made you. He made you for a purpose, to give you freedom. He made that freedom possible through the cross, and you're to trust him and obey him, and you'll discover all the more of what that abundant life is all about. Now, if you're a Christian, maybe you need to pray the second prayer. Lord, I confess that I have been forgetful of your care. I recommit myself to thanking you each time I see you at work. I will recall what you have done as I face new challenges. Does that make sense? That every time you face a new challenge, don't forget all the things God has done for you in the past. If he's brought you through in the past, will he not bring you through again now and in the future? 
God is faithful. God is trustworthy. God is our everlasting rock that is so solid that we are to give him praise. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.